Thank you, Mel, for that devotional. <clears throat> God is good. And like we always say, God is good all the time. Not just some of the time. God is good all the time. And yes, thank you for that, uh, I guess could we say, the, the springboard into the message. It goes along with what I want to share this morning, um, I think, very well. As you think about um, the rich man and his possessions and hanging on to the things that we you know, look what I have, look what I have achieved, look what I got, um, type of mentality. Um, this morning, um, we want to look at a portion of scripture that I believe affects all of us um, or has affected all of us at some point or another in our life. And that is in Luke chapter 5. The first 11 verses we want to look at this morning for a message. Have you, I'd like to ask a question this morning to all of us. Have you ever had to do something that you just did not want to do? And I believe this morning if we're all honest with ourselves, we have. We have had to do something that we just didn't want to do. I know I have. There's things, there, there's been times that there's been some things that I just did not want to do. And I did everything I could to push it off, to uh, make an excuse or uh, delay it or something so that I didn't have to do it. And, uh, you know, especially I remember as growing up at home, uh, you know, when I grew up at home, Back in those days, uh, there wasn't this thing of a bale of hay. We had loose hay that had to be, you know, picked up with a hay loader, put in the barn with slings, dumped up in the hay mow, spread out. Well, in the wintertime, when you go up there to put hay down for 10, 12 horses and about that many cows and, you know, all kinds of animals... Uh, that was a job to rip that hay loose, pull it loose, and to put it down uh, on the on the barn floor so they could feed the animals. I hated that job, and I did everything that I could possibly do not to do that. I did all my other chores except for that. One night, I forgot. I did everything else, and I got busy playing and took all, actually I went ice skating, and I got home, and my dad wanted to know why there was no hay down to feed the horses. Well, that, learned, that taught me a lesson very, very well, because I had to go up there in the dark to put down hay to feed the horses. That was my, that was my um, um, punishment. And I'll never forget that. That was a job. I had to, I had to do that. Well, 
this portion of scripture here this morning um, is a little bit like that because of Simon Peter and his, um, would you say, his little bit of stubbornness or his uh, nature. Um, let, let's read, let's read, read these first 11 verses. It says that it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, him meaning Jesus, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships, mind you, there was two ships, standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. They had already been out fishing and came back and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships. And I like this. And he, he, he for some reason, he chose Simon's ship, which was Simon's and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've already been there. Don't you know that I mean, we've already been out there all night and have taken nothing. We didn't catch one single fish. Now if you're like I am, I'm not a fisherman. I remember the last two or three times I went with my dad's crew to Lake Erie. Uh, I was one of the two guys out of, I think, nine or ten that never caught a fish. Both times. Never even got a bite. The other guys were all catching them. I never caught none. Anyway, here Simon says, we've already been out there, Jesus. We've already been and have taken nothing. But I want you to focus on this next line because that's what I want to talk about. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. We see here Simon not wanting to do this thing of Jesus telling him to cast the nets out. But he said, because of obedience to Christ, he said, I will. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Can you imagine? I, I can't grasp this scene. But I, as I visioned this, you know, they reluctantly, I believe, threw their nets out. And as soon as they had thrown them out, they were full. These nets were full. And so much so that when they tried to bring them in, that um, it broke. Their net broke and the ships began to sink. It says, and they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. 
For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now it kind of goes along with what Mel said, you know. Hanging on to those riches to many people means more than letting go and following Jesus and going his direction with him. <clears throat> we have examples of obedience throughout the Old Testament as well as the New. And this is one of them, where Simon Peter, the disciples, nevertheless, at thy word, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll do this. I'll, you know, and I believe this morning that's what God wants from us. He wants that spirit, that attitude of, Lord, whatever you have for me, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go. Because I believe it's when we're in that spirit, in that frame of mind, is when God can work and do his thing, his miracle, his, perform his, his uh, ways in our lives <clears throat> and form us to what he wants us to be. You know, I think of examples in the Old Testament, especially examples of obedience. You know, Noah, for an example, in chapter 6. You know, Noah was a man just like all the rest of them. And, you know, it hadn't rained at all. Rain wasn't even in the vocabulary. They didn't even know what that was up until this point. And because of the, the uh, terribleness of, of mankind and how far they had fallen away, God said, told Noah to build a boat because there's going to be a flood. And now Noah probably, uh, you know, I don't know what his, what his uh, vocation was prior to that. Maybe he was a, a farmer, he tilled the land, I, I don't know. But God came to him and told him to build a boat. And probably the first thoughts in Noah, I can't do that, no. But nevertheless, at thy word, I'll do that. And so he gave himself up and allowed God to work in his life. For 120 years, as he built that boat for the saving of mankind. And in that 120 years, I believe that Noah preached the word of God, telling them, telling the people that there's coming a flood upon the land and everything is going to be destroyed. God, uh, you know, because of the wickedness of man, it grieved God. And, you know, God told, uh, you know, through that Noah, uh, you know, Preach the word so that people would be saved. And well, we know that there was <clears throat> there was only eight souls that were that were saved. You know, the day that it began raining, and the Bible says that the heavens 
The rain came from, from the heavens, from above and from, from below. And uh, when those people started beating and pounding on the ark, it was too late. <coughs> you know, just like, just like the man that, that clung to his riches. It was, it was better to hang on to those. It's forever too late once that time is, is come and gone. Abraham is another beautiful picture of obedience. You know, when God told Abraham to take the uh, uh, wood and the offering, you know, go up to Mount Moriah and offer up the sacrifice um, to, to offer up his only begotten son, only his only son. I mean, I, I can't imagine what went through his mind and and how he struggled with that. You know, Lord, how can you make me do this? Why do you want me, you know, all the questions that probably went through his mind, but Abraham done what God wanted him to do. He went. And even uh, we can read there where his son Isaac said, Father, you know, you have the, you have the, um, um, the sacrifice here, the, the, the offering, you know, but what, where's, the, where's the sacrifice? You know, what, what are you going to... He said, don't worry, my son, the Lord will provide. And, you know, just over and over, many, many examples of those who were obedient to the call of God. <clears throat> and as it was here, you know, uh, it was, a, it was a, a night of struggle that those disciples went through. You know, these verses tell us that Jesus was by the seashore and was, he was going to speak to the people who were gathering there to hear him. And as they pressed in upon him, um, you know, he asked him to move away from the shore. You know, get me away from here so I can uh, not be so, so crowded. And after he had finished preaching is when he told Peter to, to go out deeper and and let down the nets. And he immediately, what well, we see here in the scriptures, he immediately objected that he and his partners had, you know, told he had told, told Jesus that they labored all night and have taken nothing. In short, they had failed. Yet, I believe their their attitude changed, or Peter Simon's attitude was that if you say so, I'll let down the net. You know, and that's what God wants to hear from us. He wants us to say, yes, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, I'll go. I'll do it. Only Luke. You know, we can read of this account in Matthew 4 and Mark chapter 1. But only Luke tells the story of a miraculous catch. <clears throat> and it's, it's interesting that we see here it, uh, in Luke's gospel, this, this not Simon's first encounter with Jesus. Jesus had uh, already been to Simon's home prior to that. Um, when he had, uh, he had went there and he healed his mother-in-law. And so he knew a little, he knew who Jesus was. And it explains, it explains the, his willingness to let Jesus use his fish, fishing boat. Um, I don't know. Jesus probably knew whose boat it was, but he, um, 
he got into Simon's boat, and that's where this all took place. Um, that lesson is that without him, we can accomplish nothing. Leaving their boatloads of fish behind and follow Jesus, their encounter with Jesus completely changed their lives. Brothers and sisters, this morning, this lesson is still needed by the Lord's people. God is still asking us to do things probably that we maybe don't like to do. There's probably those individuals, those people. There are those within our families. There are those within our communities, our neighbors, that we put off. Maybe, maybe the Lord is asking you to, to speak to them or to show them or to talk to them. And we keep putting it off. You know, as I thought about that, uh, catching fish, you know, J Jesus meant it for uh, catching men, people, winning souls. You know, the modern church today has all the um, proper machinery and technology and all that in place to do church. And yet, they're still losing ground to the devil and the world. They're trying to do everything they can to win people in a way that I believe is not God's way. And so, may it move us, may it help us to, to uh, act upon the call of God when he asks us to do something that maybe we don't want to do. Here's what we need to remember when we face opportunities to serve the Lord. Our success or our failure rests entirely on where Jesus stands in the picture. Here's what we're told by the Lord. He says in John 15, 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. We often fail because we don't trust in him. How often do we resist Jesus' claim on our lives? Because what he is calling us to do seems too crazy or too far-fetched or out of line or, you know, whatever the reason might be. Jesus' mission does not wait until we think we're ready. We are called now. In spite of our frailty, our failures, and our doubts. That morning, when they were in the boat and Jesus told them to cast the net on the other side of the boat, it was a morning of surrender, a morning of giving all, When they let down their nets this time, they caught so many fish that their net broke and they had to call their partners. You know, and I believe this morning that that's what God wants from us. He didn't create 
beings, souls, to just allow them to go astray. We're created by God, for God, to go back to God. Every single soul. And it's always, it always, you know, is because people make choices. And they choose to do and to go the direction that they go. But God has called us to be fishers of men and to help, to snare them, to catch them, to, to show them and to lead them with the help of God in the way that they should go. <clears throat> Ideally, we should serve the Lord from the heart. Ephesians 6, 6 says, Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. You know, that so many times that's the case. We're afraid of what man will say or what our friends will think or what our neighbors will say. You know, the list goes on and on. We have this fear of man. But we need to remember to do it, to do it in the fear of the Lord. <clears throat> There are many areas of our lives where the Lord requires obedience from his children. Often we do not want to surrender in these areas. But if we're going to be right with the Lord, then we have to do what Peter did and let down our nets. If we want the blessing of God, then we must do the will of God. Attitude of surrender. Attitude of surrender toward God. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Our attitude toward Jesus. In Acts 16, verse 31, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's only through Jesus Our attitude toward the church. Hebrews 20, uh, 10.25 Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. As Mel said this morning, our priorities. You know, where are our priorities? We chose this morning to come to church to hear the word of God, to be fulfilled, to be reminded to be challenged to be stirred up by way of remembrance as the scripture says <clears throat> what is our attitude toward the bible james 1 verse 22 says but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves be doers of the word and then our attitude toward one another. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. Where it says bear ye one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. And we have those scriptures that pertain to our attitude of surrender. Toward 
our wives, toward our husbands, to be in awe, to venerate, to treat with deference, toward our children, toward our parents. Ephesians has those scriptures in, uh, for our children in 6 verse 4. Provoke not your children to wrath. Don't stir them up. Don't cause them to be angry at you. But show them love. Be as a fisherman with the right bait. So that they too can be a child of God. And grow and accept him as their savior. Our attitude toward leadership. Hebrews 3, uh, 13 verse 7 says, That it may be well with thee. Remember them which have the rule over you. Obey them that have the rule over you. And so, there are many, many scriptures that we, that we can look at as we think about this attitude of, of um, Nevertheless, at thy word I will. You know, we had, uh, we talked about a night of struggle, a morning of surrender. The last point I want to talk about here is a, a tomorrow of satisfaction. That of knowing and being at peace. You know, this great mass of fish was only a precursor to the great catch of the faithful that Christ desires to win for God through his word. You know, there was a, there was a, um, a British passenger ship we've all heard the story we know the account making its voyage from england to new york city back on april 15th of 1912 and it collided with an iceberg and on this ship there were those who had great riches wealth and fame they had everything that they that they could you know that money could buy because they were the wealthy. They were the ones that could be on this ship. And when this ship hit the iceberg. And the ship began to sink. I believe that there were. Many many different kinds of thoughts. That went through these people's minds. But as it began to sink. There were. It was sending. Um, hundreds into the icy water. Incredibly, those rescued, there was, there was this, uh, this chance for them. Um, those that were rescued were charged a dollar to send um, a message, a message to their loved ones. One survivor used his last dollar to telegram the word. They were, they were charged a dollar per word. This is back in 1912. And I can't imagine how they. I mean a dollar was a lot of money back then. But they were charged a dollar per word. And the one survivor used his last dollar. To telegram the word. Safe. To his family. May that move us this morning. As we think about. This ship of life that we're in. Have we let the nets down? Are we charging those 
that are without to come into the fold? Or are we sharing them with them the gospel that is free? Come, buy without money. So that they too can be safe. That their family would know that they are safe. Because when they submitted to him, God was able to work. <clears throat> and so, this is a lesson I believe that we all need to learn today. The secret to perpetual and deep satisfaction as a child of God is found in the absolute surrender to the will of the Lord in every area of life. John 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And then also in verse 21, And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. As long as we hold anything back from his Lordship, we can never expect to bless him to bless us like he wants to. And so just like the rich man who had his grip on all of his possessions. As long as we hold our grip to that. He will never bless us. Or allow us to come into his presence. And so if you'd like to see all of your tomorrows altered. And your life filled with the best that God can give. Then the secret lies. In total surrender of everything. In your life to his will. I believe that was the key. That was what Jesus wanted to, to hear when Simon said, Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. That's what Jesus is waiting to hear from us and from those outside, those that we witness to, those that we share with. He's wanting to hear that voice saying, Here I am, Lord, use me. You know, when the Lord told Peter to let down his net, he didn't want to. However, he did what the Lord said to do in spite of his own wants and wishes. Friend, the same blessing, the same blessings wait for you if you'll do what Peter did. He's calling someone to be saved. Will you let down the net? So that they can telegram and say, I'm safe. He is calling his children to faithfulness and surrender. Will you let down your net? He's calling husbands and wives to a renewed commitment to one another. Will you let down your net? He is calling his people back to the Bible and to the church. Will you let down your net? You may not like what the Lord is calling you to do today, but will you join Peter and say, Master, we have toiled all the night and taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. 
No one, no one can let down your net but you. Let's obey him as we go forth from this day forward. This thing of obedience to Christ comes in every aspect of our lives in everything we do, our attitude, our thoughts, our walk, our life, the things we say, things we do. I believe this morning God wants us to be as Simon Peter with that type of an attitude. Because when he did, the Bible says when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. I can't imagine what it would be like when we all in unison give our lives wholly and completely to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and allow him to work and to move in our lives. It's only and only then when God can work. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and especially this account in Luke chapter 5, the account of Simon Peter, and how that they toiled all the night and caught nothing, simply caught nothing. In their own strength, they tried to do everything they could to catch fish. And when Jesus came on the scene and told them what to do, they simply obeyed and said, Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. And through that, the great miraculous catch of fish was taken. And I believe this morning, Heavenly Father, that that's what you want from us. You want that attitude, that spirit, that desire from our hearts, Lord, that whatever you would have for us, you will do. And so we commit ourselves to you in that way. Be with us, guide us and direct us through the remainder of this service, and we'll give you the praise for you are worthy. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.